It's six minutes after seven o'clock. Pitter patter. It is a Monday night time for the employment hour. John Pincus in the chair tonight, handling your phone calls and your questions here on the employment hour. 416 870 6400 star 640 on cell is the number you want to use. Or you prefer 1 225 talk. That is toll free. Email is simply help at employmenthour.com. We'll Endeavor to get to a few emails later on tonight, depending on how much stuff we get through. We'll talk about temporary layoffs and what you need to know and a bunch of other things as well. Busy show always on Monday. Lines open, ready for you. You are the top priority with your phone calls, so bring them on. We're ready to take them and answer your questions. If it's something that's been gnawing at you for a while, just you don't know where to go, you haven't got the question answered, your friends, your family obviously don't know the answers for this. A lot of rumors going around, a lot of misinformation. Bring it on. John is here to answer those over the next uh, 45 minutes or so. But uh, as we uh, as we always start off, John, the week that was, you got a couple things brewing. What uh, what do you got going on, pal? Yes, some interesting things to talk about this yeah. week, and uh, some situations that I imagine will be similar to uh, things that people who are listening may know of. So if they are similar, uh, or if they're not similar, give us a call, and we'll, we'll talk about those things too. Uh, first one that I want to talk about is a situation with uh, someone who worked for a company for about eight years years as a plant manager uh, who came to me a little while ago. So one day about a year ago, he along with all the other employees were given a policy handbook to sign. Now this document was about 40, 50 pages long and covered everything from washroom breaks to absenteeism to harassment, how to report it and and who to go to and and all the steps required. I mean, it was a short novel. Uh, Now, he didn't really think much of it. He said, okay, it's just another company policy. It's not the first company policy he'd been asked to sign. So this individual signs off on it, as do um, the rest of uh, the people in his uh, in his plant. Sure. Um, only about three months later, surprise, surprise, uh, the company decides they're doing a major restructuring and terminates the employment of this gentleman as, uh, as well as most of the other people uh, in the plant. In fact, pretty much all the people who have just been terminated uh, are the same people who've yep, signed off on signed this it. policy yeah. booklet. And the termination letter they uh, they all receive says the same thing. No surprises here. Dear so-and-so, uh, we're terminating your employment on a without-cause basis and pursuant to the contract that you signed, that being the policy handbook, and the termination provision that you signed off on, here's your minimum 16 weeks pay. And we're so nice, we're going to offer you an additional two weeks if you sign this release. Uh, now, thank goodness he didn't sign the release uh, and called me first. Now, it is true that the policy document he signed, uh, buried about halfway through it, was some language purporting to limit his termination entitlements. Uh, but what the company forgot is that this isn't really a valid way to do it, because if you're going to give that to an employee, they actually have to get something in return. Uh, and in this case, they didn't give their employees anything in exchange for signing this document, which means it's not worth the paper it's written on, nothing. Uh, so that means that this person is not entitled to 16 weeks pay. He's entitled to anywhere from about 10 months to 12 months of his pay. And I expect not only this individual, but many of his colleagues are going to be retaining us to help them get yeah. more adequate severance packages. So a few lessons from this story, uh, as always. Uh, the Firstly, I would say, you know, it, it really bears repeating, even though we repeat it so much on this show, never, 
ever sign a new employment agreement without speaking to a lawyer first. That is so, so important because um, if you're given an employment agreement that's not for you, it's not for your benefit, it's for the employer's benefit 90% of the time. Um, And if you've signed an employment agreement, you should still speak to an employment lawyer if you lose your job because I can tell you that many of these employment agreements will not hold water. And if you sign a release before you speak to me, you may be giving up thousands and thousands of dollars. We're going to get to uh, your second matter, my friend, but as always, the uh, the phone line's top priority, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And in that regard, Russ, thanks for hanging on for a couple minutes, pal. How are you tonight? Not too bad, not too bad. Good. What's, uh, what's uh, on your mind? Just had a quick question. Uh, my wife is uh, working, uh, she's been in a company for about 10 to 15 years. Uh, she works Monday to Friday. Um, however, they're starting to change her days of work. They've uh, told her that now they're going to need coverage on the weekends and that they're going to have to rotate and start working Saturdays. I don't know about Sundays, but I know they have to work Saturdays, and they're going to be forcing them to work Saturdays now, uh, whether it's once every two weeks or once every four weeks. And I didn't know if that was enough to constitute uh, a constructive dismissal. Great, great question. Um, so there have been cases... Uh, where where an employee has been given a weekend shift, and that has actually constituted a constructive dismissal because that that was not a term of their employment contract that they agreed to work weekend shifts. Now, I would want to see your wife's contract because of the contract. If she signed anything that says you know they have a certain amount of flexibility, you may be scheduled on on weekends or you may your hours may be increased, and that won't be a constructive dismissal. So there may be terms that deal with this, and if there are terms that deal with it, then it may not be a constructive dismissal. But absent something like that, um, if she's not inclined to accept it and and decides to leave her employment, she may actually be able to treat that as a termination. So. I would recommend that if this is going to pose a problem for her and if this is not something that she's going to be able to accept before she does anything, before she tells them whether she's going to accept it or not, give us a call. Let's talk about it. Let's see if she's signed any agreement uh, that's going to impact this. And maybe let's talk about um, a situation where she may be entitled to severance because that certainly could be grounds for a constructive dismissal in the right circumstances. No problem. Thanks, Rush. Appreciate that. There's a there's a perfect example, right, of, of why you do the show, and that is just before people pull the trigger on this, and it's too late. If she accepts it, works for six months, then they hear the show and go, you know what? Maybe I'll call John now and see if I can do something about it. No, no, no. It's too late. But he's uh, he's still well within his rights, or she is to have this either reversed or uh, just not be happy with it and not have to do it. Right? right. There's so many ways to handle that. I mean, a, yeah. a lot of times we'll just write to the company and we'll say, hey, you know what, this is not happening. Sometimes we'll just walk the employee through um, what they can accept and, and um, how, how to walk themselves through that situation so that they just maintain their rejecting the change. And sometimes the employer will back off. And sometimes that employee will decide, you know what, I'm just, I'm leaving. And then we we claim for termination pay and doing that with a lawyer is the right way to do it. And that's a perfect example because that's a kind of situation that's not necessarily going to be obvious to everyone. That's a constructive dismissal. Um, So whenever you have a change and you're not sure, that's, that's a perfect example of why it's important to speak with a lawyer. 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. That's how it works. Call through, get some answers. doesn't take very long, and it uh, costs you nothing but a couple uh, couple punches and keystrokes on your phone. That's uh, really all it takes. Ted, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on, Ted. How are you tonight? I'm um, better than I deserve, I reckon. <laughs> That's right. What's, uh, what's on your mind, pal? Um, well, I've worked for a company now for almost 20 years, and I'm a diabetic. So it used to be, uh, you know, both. 20 minutes, a half hour before lunch, I'd um, take my insulin at my desk, keep working. Time comes, go punch up for lunch. 
I guess someone complained after 15 years of doing that, and mm-hmm. then they were making me go to the walk to the other end of the building to the medical room to take my needles and walk back. And then um, about six months ago, they said, you know what, um, it's taking you too long. Like it's a two, three, two minute or so walk there, a two minute walk back, two minutes while I'm there. So you know, I'm taking anywhere from six to eight minutes to go take needles. And they decided um, they're not going to pay me for that time. They, they wow. had me punch out, leave my desk. And they said, you know, use a bathroom, do whatever you got to do. When you come back, punch back in and you can take a 20 minute lunch instead of a 30 to make up the difference. Uh, isn't that like a human rights violation or something? Or well, there's 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 so many questions that I would have here. I mean, the first question I would have is is the kind of environment that you're working in. Is it is it you know? Call center. It's a, it's a call center. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this this complaint uh, this this was someone who's just not comfortable with you taking insulin. Um, um, I'm honestly I'm not sure where it came from. There, the manager mm-hmm. just came one day and said. Um, yeah, I think that's a health and safety violation too. And someone's complaints. So now you got to go do this. And I say six months later was now you know you're taking six to eight minutes a day, paid time to go take medicine. We're not paying you for it anymore. Punch out and go do it and come back. Yeah, and and, and are you actually so you're you're experiencing a loss in your in your pay because of this? I mean that that certainly yeah. could be a human rights violation. So I would recommend that you give us a call so we can talk about this and maybe working together with your employer, we can figure out something that is going to allow you to to do this either so you don't need to walk around the building uh, or that you're not going to lose your pay. I mean it's true that if you're not working, typically you're not entitled to be paid for that time. But given that this is being imposed by the company, and it, I can't really see why they need to do it this way, um, it could be problematic. So definitely give us a call, and let's talk about this in some more detail. Okay, great. Thanks. No problem. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate that. And uh, just so you know, to reach out uh, when uh, John says give him a call, one 855 821 Again, one 855 Help at employmenthour.com. Still plenty of time as we, uh, we're still a couple minutes away from our first break, so we'll keep it going here. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number. Joe, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Hey, how's it going? Good, brother. What's uh, what's happening with you? Uh, it's a question about my daughter. She's 17 years old. She worked at a place for eight months, no problems, opened and closed for them, had a key, had security and everything, and all of a sudden she went and picked her paycheck up and got asked for her key and got a little two blurb thing that said she was no longer employed. Hmm. And what was her job? Um, it was a pizza place. Right. So she, she'd she be there by herself till 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, her and just a driver making pizzas, doing that, taking phone calls. And did they offer her a, a severance package? Nothing. They just gave her a two blurb thing with her last paycheck that said mm-hmm. you're no longer employed. And we're in a smaller town and in a rural rural area where there's not a lot of job opportunity. Right, right. Well, I'd say that that t- plays a role. Um, certainly your daughter's going to be entitled to some severance. That definitely sounds like a without cause dismissal. Now, at age 17, with having only worked for eight months, that may not be a large amount. We're not we're not talking about a you know six four six month severance package, but certainly I could see her entitled to at the very least uh, a few weeks of her pay. 
Um, in, in fact, the statutory minimum is going to require her to receive um, at least a week of her pay in that uh, in that situation. Um, so, uh, you know, in that yeah. situation. Sorry, go on. Kind of a, they're also kind of a weird company because he just thinks they need to bring home their minimum wage. So instead of paying her whatever, I think their minimum was 13 something, they were actually paying her $19 an hour before taxes. Okay. So it's kind of a weird spoil these kids because when they actually go to a real big company, that they're not going to make that much money. Right. Now, an employer can let go someone at any time, but they have to pay the minimum entitlements um, and the full entitlements, right? And having been there uh, for eight months, under the Employment Standards Act, she's going to be owed a week of her pay, and and her full entitlements under the common law are going to be more than that, and that's going to be based on the wage that she received. And there may be an argument that she's entitled to a, a greater period of notice because the income that she was earning was higher, which might be more difficult to replace. It's just the right. fact that she's 17 years old um, is obviously going to, and, and she was there for so uh, such a short period of time, is, is going to play a big role. So we're not looking at a huge severance package, but if they haven't uh, paid anything, then I would definitely give us a call because they're going to owe her something okay now since she's only 17 do we as parents have to do it or is she legally able because she's not an adult to deal with it that may be a complicated question that i don't think that we'll probably be able to walk through on air but <laughs> if you give us a call we, we can definitely work through that okay i will give you a call i got your number my mom's dealt with you so perfect I will. awesome that's I, we've actually never heard that question before. That's a really interesting question. We yeah. can tackle that sometime. Seriously, uh, Rick, Alex, John, see you guys on the line four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell to call in. Rick, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging with us through the break. Good evening. Um, thanks, thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah. I actually just have a question about the discovery process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am currently going through uh, a legal process, and the discovery has been agreed to in regards to that it's that's the next step. Um, and I'm just wondering about timeline, like how you how long does this process usually take? Cool. Well, I, I assume, uh, Rick, that you you have a lawyer who's who's walking you through this. So, um, you know, when you have a lawyer uh, who is preparing you for this, you usually defer to them on these kinds of things. I'll tell you generally. In my practice, uh, when we're dealing with a, a case that's worth less than $100,000, a discovery can be done in one day. If it's more than $100,000, uh, then usually we're looking at two days or so. Um, is that is that your question in terms of how, how long it takes to go through it or how long it takes to plan it? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of like the gist that I wanted to get to um, mm-hmm. just because it just seems to be taking a little longer than what I expected. So... I'm just wondering, you know. Oh, you're meaning to arrange it? Yeah, like it's just that. I mean, that's it's been agreed upon that that's the next step that both sides want to want to get to, right? Um, And then I'm just kind of waiting around for quite a bit now, so I'm just wondering. Wait for a date? Yeah, I would I would follow up with your lawyer and say uh, because I assume you 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 have someone representing you and just ask him or her um, why is it that it's taking so long? What is it we're waiting for? I mean, there's a number of reasons that that could be. You could there could be someone out of town. Uh, I don't know if you're in the process of um, exchanging documents. There's probably too much that uh, for us to to go through in over the air because there's there's a lot of things that could be, but I would say first and foremost, speak to your lawyer and find out what's causing the delay because you certainly shouldn't be uh, you know, left out to dry. You should know what's going on. 
Rick, appreciate the call and your time here on a Monday night. Going to move on, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Alex, good evening. Hi, Alex. Alex still there? No? Okay. We may have lost Alex. Alex may be, uh, may be traveling. Uh, John, you're up next, pal. Good evening. How are you? Hey, how are you? Good. Good, sir. What's going on? So I worked for a construction company as a project coordinator. Uh, so what I would do is residential construction. I would bring in uh, trades to work. I would overlook them. I would distribute checks uh, 40 hours a week for seven years. Um, and now what they're telling me is there's not enough work now, and they want to let me go. So as you know, they they, they uh, titled me as you know like a like a contractor. You know what I mean? Just for their benefit, I'm assuming. Uh, just trying to see where I can go from here. Okay, well, well a couple of questions for you. Uh, so you're working as a, a project coordinator in construction. Yeah. Um, were you working exclusively for this company, or were you working for other companies? No, exclusively for this company. Like I was expected to be, you know, like a morning until five o'clock at night, and all, yeah. and and, and um, you know, maybe with thirty-five percent of the weekends over the past seven years. Okay, so, so they, much for being a contractor. Yeah, so they they set your schedule. Oh, yeah, like it was exactly. It was a full time job. You know, I got calls first thing in the morning, you know, and be here, need to be there. Yeah. Right. And one more question for you Were you hiring your own people or were they they hiring? Well, they they had their own, like it's residential construction, right? Right. So, like, they've been in this business for a long time. Um, They would have a lot of the trades that they've used before. Um, The odd time, there'd be a problem getting the trade there, whether Mm -hmm. it's a timing issue or whatever. So, often they would ask me to find somebody to do what, you know, had to be done at a certain house. Right. Well, I'll tell you something. Uh, it's a good thing you called us because this is a situation where uh, frequently we do need to intervene uh, because, you know, you, you may have been uh, paying HST and they may have been treating you as a contractor, but by the sounds of it, and I'd want to have a more detailed conversation because there's other questions I'd want to ask, but there's certainly some factors there that are leading me um, to conclude that you're, you're probably either a dependent contractor or an employee, and in either case, you're going to be entitled to severance just like an employee uh, would. So, uh, right. and that, that, that could be significant. So, sorry, you said you were employed there for how long? It, right around the seven-year mark, I'd have to, you know, a month or two here or there, but around the seven-year mark. Okay. So 2012. Okay. And you're how old today? Uh, 27. 27. Okay. So, you know, you're someone who, who could very well be entitled to six months of your pay in this situation. So, uh, and, and depending on how much you make, I, I imagine that could be significant. So definitely give us a call um, and let's talk, uh, let's walk through this and uh, find something, uh, find what we can do out, uh, what we can do for you. Perfect. All right. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, pal. Here is the uh, the number, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. Still plenty of time for you as well. Get the phone lines happening, 416-870-6400, star 640. On cell, we'll try uh, we'll try Alex again. Hey, Alex, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you guys? Afternoon. Good, sir. What's, uh, what's, uh, what's going on with you? Uh, not too much. I had two questions for the gentleman beside you. Uh, I work in the transport industry. I'm a local truck driver in Ontario, Brampton. So I work for a company which is registered in uh, New Brunswick. So I, I recently, after been working there for one year, I recently realized that I've been working uh, six days a week, anywhere between 60 to 80 hours. And uh, after 60 hours, that's when I get paid overtime. And I tried to speak to my boss in regards to it, and he said since the company is federal, they don't comply with the Ontario 
rules, which is after 47 hours. Question number two is uh, after the 60 hours, I only get paid time and a half, not double. Right. Well, no, typically for overtime, you do get paid time and a half. And if you are crossing borders uh, and you're a driver, then you would, uh, even notwithstanding the fact that um, you drive in Ontario, you would still be regulated by the Canada Labor Code. And the Canada Labor Code does have different overtime requirements, and there are some different classes of, um, of employees who will okay. receive overtime. Now, that doesn't mean you're not entitled to overtime. Often what happens is just the, the threshold is different depending on your job. So I would, if, if you can, try and put together just a basic summary of how many hours you've worked per week, and then um, you can give us a call and we can go over that and talk about how much you may be owed depending on how much you've gone over the threshold. And people do come to us with valid overtime claims all the time because you, you may... Uh, there may be a different threshold for overtime, but depending on your position, you may still be entitled to overtime under the uh, Canada Labor Code. Okay, thank you very much. I'll, I'll contact you. Thanks, Alex. We uh, we appreciate that. Again, moving forward, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour dot com. We'll get to uh, to Mike. Hey, Mike. Thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for taking my call. And sure. it's ironic that the uh, previous gentleman. I know from his description, he's calling about the same company I'm calling about. No, um, he is. Um, now, I was in charge of somebody like him and was responsible for about 50 drivers or so as a dock manager. And I'll, I'll try and keep the backstory brief to get to my real question. Sure. Uh, about a year ago, um, I got I got seriously ill. There was a lot of company politics going on. And essentially, in the opening of a new warehouse, uh, they wanted to be replace me with what they thought was the solution. Long story short, they engaged in, in conduct that I deemed as constructive dismissal, and, and I didn't back down. And after several meetings, uh, the end result was they decided, uh, okay, fine, there, we don't have a place for you. And they, they said, by federal law, they were only required to give me a week or two. We settled on 12 weeks plus back pay that was owed, and away I went. So had I not been ill at the time, I would have fought it harder, but it, it was what it was. So here I am a year later. Um, my health has improved drastically. I'm considering going back to work. And friends that I have within the company ha- have suggested that there'd be openings for me in different positions. Um, I know a lot of other people in the industry, mm-hmm. but what's been happening in the last year is one of the people involved in that little turnover of last year, um, it's come to my attention through several uh, ex-co-workers, friends, people in the business that this individual has been going around. And despite my, my settlement, which was supposed to be confidential, um, she has been broadcasting that I was let go because of theft, and they have the proof. And this is absolutely ludicrous. Uh, I know that for a fact. She's probably not aware that I'm hearing this. And I'm wondering, even though I've been gone from the company a year, do I have any type of legal recourse? Because the kind of stuff she's saying, and not only is it personally insulting, but it's got it, it can have real repercussions if you're seeking yeah. mm-hmm. employment mm-hmm. back in the same industry. Sure. You, you certainly could have a case, uh, and the case here would be for slander, a uh, form of defamation. Um, mm-hmm. And when you have... Uh, when, when you understand that someone has been slandering you in this manner, 
then uh, the first thing you have to do is you have to try and collect some kind of proof of it. So if you can mm -hmm. have an email or text message or statement mm -hmm. from someone who has been told this uh, by, by that person, here's what she has been saying, um, then that may be a case for defamation. Um, and mm -hmm. that is something that uh, certainly I handle and, and we do handle at the firm. On, on various occasions, and that, that does sound fairly serious, so I would definitely give us a call, um, mm -hmm. and you don't, uh, you don't want to wait, because as you know, there is, you know, there are limitation periods on these yeah. things, and it, it's, yeah. it's basically two years from the date that you discover that this has been happening, okay. uh, so definitely give us a call, and let's talk about uh, how you may be entitled to, first of all, there, there's, you may be entitled to damages for defamation here, and there may be actions that we can take for, at the very least, to stop this individual from, from spreading this kind of Correct. slanderous um, you know, lies well, about I, you. I, I, I appreciate that, because on one point I'm thinking, do I have a thin skin and I'm letting something, that, but then no. the, the common sense part of me takes over and says, you know, that's, right. you, you can't be saying that sort of thing. It's, no, it's, no you're, I, I don't think that you're, you're acting thin-skinned at all. I think that's, that's a very serious thing to be uh, saying about someone, and if mm -hmm. it's not true, and uh, clearly it sounds like it's, it's demonstrably untrue, then it's, it's, I think uh, you're right to take action on it, and I, I would definitely give us a call. Okay, I'll be in touch. Thank you very much. Sounds good. Appreciate it, Mike, and uh, good move reaching out, by the way. Uh, well done. We'll give you the number again, one 821 5900 to reach out and get a hold of John. And email as well, help at employmenthour.com. So there you go. Lots of time still left to go here. You want to uh, make a phone call and call us. We'd love to, uh, love to talk to you as well, 416-870-6400, star 640. On your cell. Great phone calls tonight so far. Yes, really, absolutely. really strong for a Monday, man. Uh, temporary layoffs, what you need to know. Uh, we talked about it. We uh, we often hear it uh, on the phone calls as well. What is a temporary layoff, and how is it different than a regular termination uh, termination of employment? So often it, it isn't. Uh, but huh. what a lot of people will hear is that a temporary layoff, well, it's, it's allowed under the Employment Standards Act. You can get laid off up to 13 weeks without benefits, or you can be laid off up to 35 weeks on a temporary basis with benefits. And as far as your minimum entitlements go, as far as what the Employment Standards Act prescribes, that's true. But that's not exactly that's that's not going to be the case for someone who hasn't agreed to that beforehand. Right. So if you've signed a contract specifically agreeing to that, then sure, that may be possible. But for most people who come to me, uh, those people have not agreed to that in advance. And for those people, that is a constructive dismissal. And it's the same as, as any other termination. Well, expand on that a little bit then. So if an employer's uh, or is an employer allowed to lay off an employee temporarily, how does that work? Well, generally speaking, unless that employee gives their consent, no, they, they can't do it temporarily. I mean, they can lay you off just like they can terminate your employment permanently, but right. the, the result is going to be the same. They, what they can't do is, without your consent, say, we're going to let you go temporarily, and we're not going to pay you anything for 13 weeks, and hey, we can bring you back at the end of 13 weeks, and we won't owe you anything. That's not how it works unless you've agreed to that. And unless you're prepared to agree to that, you shouldn't agree to that, because for most people, that's not a part of their employment contract. And so often an employer will try and kind of sneak this into your employment contract, and that's another reason why you should have it reviewed. So as far as agreeing to it, there's two ways. It can be in your employment contract or there's past history of it where you've let them do it before, correct? 
Yes. So in some cases, if it's been happening again and again and you keep saying, yes, yes, okay, it it can be uh, inferred from that that you've you've essentially accepted that as a term of your employment, which is why you should certainly call us the first time it happens. Now, that being said, there are there are certain exceptions to that. The only really clear case where it's going to be permitted is if you have something in your employment agreement that says, I agree for this to happen. So unless you've agreed to that, if you've been temporarily laid off, you should give us a call. You know, it's funny, and I think you and I, Leonor, Leor and I have, have, have you know, measured it this way, and I think you and I talked about it, if not two weeks ago, just prior to that, that if you were to not lay someone off but say, hey, look, you know what? I know you're still working for me. I'm just going to hold on to your paycheck for uh, 50% of your pay for the next 13 weeks. What do you think? They're going to give you the finger. But a, a layoff is 100% of your pay, but people allow it to happen. Right? Yeah, people allow it to happen because they say, well, you know, I'm not working. I'm not going to be there, and, and uh, <laughs> they'll call me back, and things will turn up, and I'll go on and, you know, employment insurance and whatnot. And, hey, right. more power to you if, if you're prepared to agree to that. But you should know your rights. You should know your options. Yeah. 416-870-6400, star 640 on Cell Henry. Welcome to the show. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm calling for my wife. My wife uh, was working in a facility uh as a social worker, but as part of her duties, she was supposed to be involved in uh, re- uh, restraints, uh, restraining um, uh, the inmates. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also supposed to be doing uh, um, on to be on to be on call. Um, and then along the line, she got uh, started having severe pains in her knees. Um, it started the first time at work. Um, the, she. Uh, the, the doctor recommended she go on uh, WSB, uh, but the employers insisted that it was not work-related, so uh, they, um, they fought it out, so WSB didn't pay her. So uh, after a while, the doctor assessed her and said she could be working. First, they put her on three days a week, which she was doing while she was attending physio and all that. Then after a while, they put her back on uh, five days a week, but rest- is not allowed to do restraints because of her condition and also not to do um uh to be on encore mm-hmm. um after a while they they kept putting pressure on her every each time um trying to get her to do the encore and uh, she kept updating them with uh, medical reports mm-hmm. after every assessment um after a while they decided to let her go on her um, uh, sick leave but will not, um, they forced her to go on sick leave, uh, saying that uh, they need her to be doing the on-call, and because she couldn't do the on-call, they put her on sick leave until right. um, she, she recovers fully. I'm not too sure if she has a case right. uh, in this class. So this this is what sounds like a, a complicated uh, a co- a duty to accommodate issue, right? So an employer yeah. has an obligation to accommodate its employees up to the point of undue hardship, and what that means is they have to accommodate your uh, your wife's employment unless they can prove that accommodating her is effectively impossible without having a serious impact on the business. So what I would need to see in this situation is I would need to see the doctor's notes. I would need to see what the restrictions are. I would need to see what the employer has tried to do to accommodate her, why they're saying they cannot accommodate her on three days per week or five days per week or whatever it is that her doctor is saying that she needs to be doing. And if the employer is refusing to accommodate her and they, and, and they can accommodate 
accommodate her, then you may be in a position where it, it there may be a right to compensation here for damages for wrongful dismissal and for human rights damages. Uh, but it's a situation where we actually really need to get into detail about what has the doctor provided, what has the company said in response, and have they really met their, their duty to accommodate, uh, accommodate here. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Henry. You want to uh, follow up, uh, as you should, of course, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of John, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Email is help at employmenthour.com, and uh, we'll just get some more calls lined up here as we get down into the, uh, the last few minutes of the show. Anyway, we were talking about temporary layoffs. Severance-wise, how much is an employee laid off temporarily entitled to receive? Well, it's the same considerations in that situation right. as, as if an employee has been terminated. So we're going to look at your age, your position, your years of service, and anything that, that may impact your ability to look for work. So, you know, for some people that's going to be three months pay. For some people that's going to be two years pay. But the important thing is, is that we don't treat you any differently just because, you know, the employer has called it temporary. It's, it's for all intents and purposes. In most cases, that's going to be permanent. What happens if an employer recalls an employee after that employee has been temporarily laid off, now come back to work? What's right. changed? So that, that does happen sometimes. And in those situations, the first question we have to ask is, well, do you have a good reason to refuse going back to work? Because if you do, uh, for example, a lot of times they'll offer you a demoted position uh, with much less pay, or sometimes it'll be a humiliating work environment for some reason, you, you may still be entitled to your full severance. Now, if you don't have a good reason to go back to work, and you have received you know, a clear letter of recall saying it's the same position, same duties, same pay, here's your start date, and, and, and whatnot. Now, in the face of that letter, um, then you may not have a right to severance after that if you choose not to go back, but right. you're still entitled to be compensated up until the day that you, have, uh, that you were recalled back to work. So even if it was three weeks or three months, it doesn't make a difference. If they've laid you off, they've breached your contract, they have to pay you for that time. And again, if you go back to work now, you've kind of uh, you've cracked the open door that they can do it again if they choose to in the future, right? Well, not necessarily, because first of all, I mean, if it's if it's just happened once, that that right. doesn't necessarily mean you've accepted it. And the second thing is that if you're going back, what a, what a lot of people will do, and what my clients have done on, on occasion, is they will say, "I'm coming back to work, but I'm not accepting temporary layoffs. I just I want my job." But nice. if you do this again, I'm going to claim compensation. And by the way, I've lost some money, and I still want you to pay that. And we can still negotiate often for that time uh, that they've been out of work. And, and that can happen, as strange as that sounds. Let's, uh, let's get to an email or two before we, uh, we wrap. As promised, again, it's help at employmenthour.com if you're uh, not calling through tonight. Rachel, this, is, this uh, goes back to what we had at the beginning of the show. Eerily familiar says, my employer wants me to start working on weekends. Uh, I've never done this before and have always worked five-day shift. I visit my mother on weekends who's in a home. She needs me to be there. Do I have to agree to this? Well, that, that, that does certainly ring uh, very familiar to uh, yeah. one of our earlier callers. And this the, the interesting thing about Rachel's situation is that not only is this going to be a constructive dismissal, but there could be a human rights aspect yeah. as well because if she's caring for her mother and, and she's got a... Uh, you know, an, an obligation there for her mother's, you know, incapacitated for some reason, um, then they may need to accommodate that. So that is a situation where I would say certainly she would have the right not to agree to that and definitely should call us about how to communicate that to the employer. Mahmoud says, I've been working for three years as an independent contractor. What are my rights if the company ends this contract? 
Well, it, it depends on yeah. if you're really an independent contractor. <laughs> now, right. some people are. Some people yeah. really are independent contractors, and others have a, a, are independent contractors with or, or dependent contractors that have a fixed term of termination. So it's it's going to depend. But for most people, they're going to be entitled uh, who, who are independent contractors but are working there full time and have all the other bells and whistles of employment. Uh, except that you know maybe they, they pay HST or, or they remit right. HST, excuse me. Then those people are going to be entitled to severance, just like any other employee. You know, and it, expanding on that, you've mentioned this before that it's 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 kind of risky business if someone's you know calling themselves their employers calling themselves an independent contractor. You mentioned uh, HST. There could be CRA issues if for years gone by they're not paying their taxes or they are paying their taxes. It's a gray area. It's not a good thing to be in, right? So you got to make sure you're one or the other, a contractor, independent contractor, or an employee, right? Yeah, now the tax issues are separate. And in fact, someone can be a, a contractor for CRA purposes and not a contractor for em- employment purposes. Right. But definitely make sure that whoever's doing your finances, or if you're doing it on your own, that you're not claiming for things that you shouldn't be claiming for. Because just because your employer's calling you an independent contractor doesn't mean that you should be expensing all these you know, things against your income. Right. And it can be an even bigger problem uh, for employers uh, who are more likely to be audited and, and, and can, have their, put, can put their entire business at risk by these yeah. kinds of arrangements. That'll pretty much uh, do our time for this evening. We'll be back here Wednesday at this time.